honestly, at this point, I'm scared of being alone. But I'm also afraid that I could never be loved. So why bother hoping for a godly relationship? This question comes in from Bonnie, and you can just feel the pain in it, the hurt and the sorrow and the longing of hope deferred that is causing a lot of heart sickness and just this sadness. And I hope that today's episode will really help to heal a lot of that for Bonnie and for all of you here today. So let's dive in because I've got some tips and some advice that's going to help you move forward. Hello and welcome to the Forever Love Podcast. I am your host and Christ-centered relationship coach, Lily Matanguiza. And today we're going to talk about the five whys. If you were listening to last week's episode, if you haven't, go check it out because I broke down 10 steps to overcoming fears. And today's episode is a really great example of a specific fear. The first step in the process of understanding your fears is to identify what they are very specifically. And Bonnie did a great job of this. She said, I'm afraid of being alone. And number two, I'm also afraid of being unlovable. Super important because it didn't exactly say that, but she said like, I'm afraid I could never be loved. So what is the fear there? Like I'm unlovable. Make sense? So we really want to begin to explore those. And one of the most helpful ways is to not simply address the fear as it appears on the surface, because it's kind of like, you know, the iceberg metaphor, there's a lot going on underneath. And that's why the five whys help us to really go to those deeper levels. So I'm going to go through that with you and show you how. So I use this technique with my private clients all the time. And at first blush, it can be really obnoxious because they will tell me something that seems as obvious as the nose on your face. And I'll ask why? And they'll just be like, duh, like, what do you mean? Why? Like, isn't it obvious? And, and that's the thing. We think it's obvious. And so we never bother to like explore under the surface. And so I'm going to kind of create a hypothetical situation with this um, question with why and asking why. And we're going to kind of explore what it might look like. Of course, this is completely made up. But in a private coaching session, like we'd really have an opportunity to explore this as a much deeper level. And at the end, once I kind of give you the example, I'll give you a few more tips on how you can do this for yourself, do this with a friend. It's a really helpful technique to just get down there a little bit deeper and stop trying to work through all of these things, especially when it comes to fear-based things like I'm afraid of being alone. It gets to that underlying stuff, which is the real issue. So let's start with this. Why are you afraid of being alone? My client might say something like, because I won't have anyone to share my life with. And then I'd ask number two, why do you want someone to share your life with? And they might say something like, 
because I think we can add value to each other's lives. Now, I like this one, just a little sidestep. Remember, Bonnie's other fear was that she's unlovable. But if we have value to add to somebody else's life and they have value to add to our life, like we all love that exchange of value. And when you know that you have value to add to somebody else's life, you can't help but recognize that you are lovable. So sometimes like when we explore one, we kind of eliminate the other as we're going. So then I would ask number three, why do you want to add value to someone else's life? It's like, well, duh, right? But we want to really practice articulating it because we never really say why we want to add value to somebody else's life. So maybe my client might say something like, because God has given me so much. And then I would ask, why has God given you so much? And she might say, because he loves me. And then I would ask, why does God love you? And then she might say something like, because he made me to be loved. And so when we go through this process, we're able to explore much deeper, like what's really true. And remember, the truth will set you free. The truth is not that you are unlovable and that you are destined to be lonely. The truth is you were made for love. You were made for connection, that you are worthy of love and relationship, first with God and with yourself and then with the other people on earth. We can have so many beautiful relationships, but not until we believe that we actually are worthy of them. So in Bonnie's initial question, she was stating that she's scared of being alone and she's also afraid that she could never be loved. But her real question was, why bother to hope for a godly relationship? What is the point in hoping when I am afraid? And what I love to do in coaching is get people to answer their own questions. Why bother hoping? Like, you don't have to. It's totally optional. But what are the pros and cons? Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you hope to be in a godly relationship? Like, what are the disadvantages of that? And what are the pros, the possible benefits of hoping to be in a godly relationship? Where does this hope eventually lead you? Is hope a problem? And for some people, it honestly is not because hope is a problem, but because we have a tendency to swap hoping for wishing. What's the point in wishing for a godly relationship? Well, there isn't one because wishing something would happen doesn't actually make it happen. It's not until we accept responsibility for our part of doing the actions, cultivating the emotions and adopting the thoughts that move us forward. So when you say, what's the point of hoping and what you really mean is wishing and therefore telling me like, I have no intention of putting any of my own personal time, effort, energy uh, towards pursuing this desire, then, you know, there probably isn't like the easier thing to do would be to stop wishing, right? If you're not going to take any action towards 
fulfilling this desire towards taking responsibility for your part in it, the easiest thing to do is to just let go of the wish and to work on being very comfortable in your singleness because that's an option. And we that's something to explore as well. Like what if I just get really satisfied and like work on enjoying being single? What are the upsides and downsides to that? And then we can also look at like, well, if we're really talking about hope, what is hope? Like biblical hope. And the simplest biblical definition would be confident expectation. What is the benefit of confident expectation that you are capable of experiencing a godly relationship? What are the upsides of that? Is that something you want to lean into? And the big fear is, again, disappointment. Like, what if I am confident and expect this thing to happen and then I get to the end of my life and it didn't? Well, let's play that out for a second. Like, what's the downside there? What happens if you live your life with confident expectation, feeling good that this is going to happen? And then you were wrong. Will your life have been well lived if you showed up for it with confident expectation, showing up every day, smiling, being present, leaning into relationships, working through fears, letting go of judgments, working on your own personal growth and development because you know you're going to get married someday and that's going to help? The big fear is like, but I might be wrong. And so what? I love asking so what. It's it's a beautiful question because it really like brings up the, oh, well, maybe there's that's not a problem. We think it's a problem because we've never explored the option of it not being a problem. Like what happens? And I want you to really go deep on this for yourself. What happens when you experience your life with this air of confident expectation, really believing something is going to happen and you end up being wrong? I mean, the reality is there are no guarantees. I say this all the time. Like, I can't guarantee you're going to get married. I can help you show up with confident expectation. I, we can believe together that it is absolutely going to happen for you. But the reality is we're being delusional, right? Like, it's delusional. Everything we think about our future is delusional. It's all a huge delusion. I don't care if you're being realistic or not. I don't care if you've got confident expectation or absolute despair. It's all delusional. We're making this stuff up. So what is the disadvantage of making up the best case scenario and believing into it? Where do we go wrong there? How do we show up when we're believing like, oh, good things are going to happen to me? Well, we know through experience that when we show up in this way, we're like naturally setting ourselves up for good things to happen. Our whole demeanor changes. We really reflect from the inside out God's goodness and grace in our lives. And so how is that a bad thing? It's really important that we recognize the way in which we fear the possibility of being wrong. So we would rather be wrong 
or like right now. I'd rather just know right now that I'm never going to get married. I'd rather know right now that I'm just going to be alone for the rest of my life. And then I can resign myself to that fact and I can just work on being satisfied with what is. And that doesn't sound like very much fun, does it? I mean, there's a reason we don't really want to do that either. It, it doesn't sound good. But somehow, we it sounds more certain. There seems to be more like grit to it. We can get behind that. We can believe it. It's easier to believe that, yeah, I'm probably not going to get married and I'm probably going to die alone and I should just start preparing my retirement plans for a very lonely single future with nobody and I'll just be realistic and I'll start looking at my finances through that lens and I'll start shopping through that lens and I'm just gonna like we just go down that path and then that is what we create for ourselves we are constantly creating our future based on what we expect it to be like so I want to give you permission to have confident expectation, to have real hope in what you expect to do, to have real hope, confident expectation in your God-given desire for a Christ-centered marriage, knowing that God does not withhold a good thing. And knowing that, you know, you might experience setbacks between here and where you ultimately want to be. You're probably 99% sure you are going to experience various kinds of failures. You're going to probably experience some rejection. How can you have confident expectation in light of those truths? And when we like really settle into that, then we can start to be very kind to ourselves. You're probably going to fail. So what are you going to do about that? How are you going to set yourself up for a soft landing on the other side. One of the things I like to do is promise myself, I am not going to beat you up when you fail. You are guaranteed going to fail when you try to go after those big, godly, audacious goals. Like failure is inevitable. And when you fail, I'm not going to call you stupid. I'm not going to call you worthless. I'm not going to be mean to you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to let Christ in to heal those hurt parts. I'm going to give myself time to recover. I'm going to encourage myself once again to try. I am going to decide ahead of time that this is worth it. And I don't care how many times I have to pick myself back up. I don't care how many times I have to lean on Jesus in the midst of all of this. It's worth it. I want to see where we're going. And if I don't get there, Like, I have big, crazy, audacious goals. Like, I do crazy things in my life. I decided we're going to live in Canada and Africa at the same time. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. Nobody does that. I don't know anybody who does that. Do you? Me. That's who. (laughs) And I do it with two kids. And it's absurd. And people look at me like, you're crazy to believe that's possible. And yet you're doing it. And does it look pretty? No, the people closest to me are like, are, are you sure? Is this okay? Like, what are you what are you doing? Like, let's be real. And they always want me to be realistic because they don't want to see me fail. Right? They're really encouraging me like, you're you're not thinking and trust me, I have, but I'm also willing to fail in order to create this because I've got this beautiful vision in my mind, where me and my husband, we have two little girls, If you don't know our whole story, 
go back to the beginning of the podcast. Like the first 12 episodes of the podcast really give you the inside scoop of me, my relationship with my husband, how I got here. Like the whole backstory is there and it's in like bite size, binge worthy little episodes. So go check it all out. It's there for you. But we have this God-given desire to create this bridge between Zimbabwe and Canada so that we can give our daughters the best of both worlds so that they know what is really available to them, not just through like, oh, what's possible if you're from Zimbabwe or what's possible if you're from Canada, but what's possible for you because you're from both places and you get to reap the benefits of both and you're going to experience the disadvantages of both and how can you show up in a way that is beautiful and and really doesn't rely on one place or the other we just want to open up the world for them and that's a scary goal that requires a lot of things to come together. And sometimes they don't come together the way we want them to. And sometimes we experience big setbacks and we just keep going. We're like, well, this goal hasn't killed us yet. Let's just keep going. And that's what we do. And that's what I want to encourage for you as well. Keep going. Allow yourself to experience confident expectation, hope, not just wishful thinking, but real Christ-centered, confident expectation because you can have a God-given marriage, a godly marriage. It's available to you. And all you do is show up for it every day, no matter what. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast because next week we're doing another shorty episode and I'm going to be answering Jen's question. Jen asks, short and simple, how to know he's the right man for you? I love answering this question because there's just so many confusing ideas about there, about what it means to know that you've met the one and... I've got lots of thoughts to share with you, but I'm going to sh summarize them into a quick little episode, bite-sized, summer-sized, just lots of fun. And I hope you will be back to join me. If you enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will share it with those you love. I am on a mission to spread these messages as far and wide as possible. I want women to know that they can honor their God-given desire for a Christ-centered marriage, that their marriage is important, their marriage has value, and it is okay to pursue it with like real passion and joy. And I want to help them do that through the fruit of the Holy Spirit with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So I hope you'll help me on that. I hope you will find somebody, you know, other single women around you are struggling with these same frustrations and pains share this podcast with them. Let them know that forever love is possible for them. So this is just another friendly reminder that sharing is caring and I would love and appreciate you so much if you would share this with those who need it most. Until next week, have a beautiful summer holiday. I hope you're getting lots of sun and just really enjoying yourself. But until then, God bless you.